Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release show once again. My name is Sam Moses. I'm with my good friend Matt Garber. And today, once again, again, we have an interesting topic. We're going to talk about how to raise your rates. This is a very tricky topic for a lot of people, how to navigate it, how to unpack it, how to dive into it. But mainly today, Matt is going to unpack this topic by using a special formula he has created that I have fallen in love with that really helps you think about what you I'm could... I'm going to make Valentine's Day cards. Ooh, I love it. Out with of this formula. formula. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll put the formula on a mug. But Good. Or a Valentine's card. Or a Valentine's Day card. Very interesting approach. Mm. So... We're going to talk about Matt's formula on how to raise your rates, how to calculate your rate, and what you could, should, would be charging. So Matt, are you ready to unpack this episode? I guess we'll find out. All right. Let's (laughs) unpack it. I'm going to tee you up, Matt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Since it's your formula. Was that it or is it coming still? It's coming. Here it comes. Okay. The tee is in the ground. The golf ball's on the tee. More golf things. I'm just in a golfing season right now. Wait, did we un- did we say we're gonna unpack it or tee off? We're unpacking now. I'm tee teeing up. you up, and okay. here comes the tee up, Matt. Just trying to find out where we are. Okay, so I'll stop. <laughs> How <laughs> do you raise your rates? So, monologue one. Oh, hardly even a monologue. <laughs> you are the king of monologue. Mm. This is. This is probably my equivalent of a paragraph, which Excellent. it's like two sentences. <laughs> so we've talked about how you should raise your rates and how you are not charging enough. We've done this in previous episodes, and I feel like for as much as Sam and I joke about it, that we really don't talk enough about it. Um, so the biggest question that we get is, okay, well, you've told me that I should raise my rates. Uh, is there a method to this on which I like do it? Like, how do I raise my rates? So, this episode is really geared towards the people who are like, okay, I'm thinking about raising my rates. This is how to raise your rates. I'm not going to try to talk you into why you should. This is how you do it. I did it a a couple months ago. Sam did it. When did you raise your rates? A couple months ago? About half a year ago? Yeah. I'm kind of always yeah. testing the market for fun. Yeah. Yeah, you get you're you are very brave <laughs> in in how you do it. But I feel like with where you are in Nashville that there's there's a saturation to a degree to where you could be a little bit more liberal in your approach mm-hmm. and not really affect the um the inflow of client, you probably wouldn't really lose too much. No. In terms of work. So that's definitely a luxury to, uh, to doing that. Yes. Um, so yeah, this is more going to be geared towards like, how do you raise your rates? And there's a bunch of questions that you really need to ask yourself and we'll see how long we can stretch out these questions. Hopefully they get to about an hour length, you know, maybe 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> If not, we might be we might be playing checkers or talking about Jenga again at the end of this episode. Oh, Jenga. So, oh, Jenga. Sam's got a video coming for you. It should have, if it's not launched by now, this is the accountability for Sam to launch your Jenga video. Oh, it'll be launched. I'm wrapping it tomorrow. Not how limiters work. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first question you need to be asking yourself is, how long have you been doing what you're doing? And this isn't really even one of those episodes that that is geared towards mastering engineers, mix engineers, anybody in particular. Um, we've actually gotten a lot of uh, accolades about how broad uh, these episodes can reach. But, I mean, we're obviously going for, like, the people in and working in music. Um, but just know that if you don't work in that, this is still a really good method if you're just a general freelancer. So the first question is, how long have you been doing what you are doing? Um, 
And it really also depends on like how you got started. I mean, when I got started in mastering, I feel like as with a lot of people, Sam is an anomaly in this case. Um, you'll normally work for free for a little bit. And uh, you'll work around, you'll do uh, some projects for friends and just to kind of get like a little bit of a, uh, call it a client roster or a, some people call it a demo reel. Um, I like to call it a credit reel. Um, <clears throat> I don't think you should call it a demo reel because it's not a demo of what you can do. It's like, this is what I have done. So um, normally people will work for free and then eventually they'll be like, okay, well, I think I should charge a rate. Um this formula might work for you. It might not. It You might need a little bit more under your belt, but we'll see. Um, the second question is, what experience do you have? So this is definitely like coinciding with the last question of, okay, well, yeah, you've been doing this for two years, but if you've only done two projects, then that's not really a ton of experience and maybe you should start charging rate. Maybe you shouldn't. Sam thinks you should always charge rate. You were right out of the gate, right? Yes. I was charging a rate from day one and I did that not to derail your formula, but no, I'm like purposely like stretching out the (laughs) explanation on why I charged a rate from the beginning was I always felt like, if I was doing something that was adding value that someone else could not do, then I should be compensated for that. And I truly believe in that still. I think you and I, Matt, disagree on that, which is totally fine, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that's... <clears throat> but I'm a big believer in... I mean, if you're out there working for free, think about charging a rate tomorrow. <laughs> So, and I guess where I am on it, then feel free to interject, disagree, but I feel like if you're a mastering engineer hanging out on Fiverr, I would rather, excuse me, I would rather work for free than get paid $5. Yeah. And that sounds, that sounds kind of weird and it sounds kind of backwards, but I mean, in general, I would rather have the liberty to turn down projects as opposed to like my value that I value my work at is $5. Yeah. That to me is like almost an embarrassment. It's almost like, and I get it. It's like there's a bunch of upsells on Fiverr if you want like additional services and if you want X, Y, or Z. It's like, and you can kind of add them a la carte, but... I mean, in general, I, I, and that's, that's, I think, like where you and I vary on this is um, you can charge too little. Absolutely. And there, I was talking with my buddy Angel, and he was saying that a friend of his had his album mastered a couple years ago of like four songs for 30 bucks. Yeah. And I really don't see how that adds value to a project. And it's like, I get it. Like, 30 bucks is 30 bucks. You can go buy some uh, some pretty solid, mediocre stuff for 30 bucks. You can go buy some groceries <laughs> for 30 bucks. <laughs> so, not saying you can buy mediocre groceries, but whatever. <laughs> mediocre groceries. <laughs> what, are medi- incon- what are mediocre groceries? You're going to get some like, weird digestion issues. <laughs> you buy, you know, you know, like, well, there's this whole thing. My wife was telling me about the grocery store is that, like, it's like the healthiest is like when you shop the perimeter. Oh yeah. But when you Absolutely. but when you shop in like the area inside the perimeter is where all the mediocre unhealthy goodies are. Yeah. So that's like the good $30 area. The good I'm going to hear about this in a couple hours area. <laughs> so shop the perimeter if you're going to do a little something. But it may, if you need ramen, I mean, go for it. Anywho, so yeah, that that's just like kind of I'm trying to I want to make sure that like I'm not devaluing myself to where like when I actually want to charge a rate, they're like, Yeah, but you were thirty bucks. Right. Why would I pay you like why why would I go and pay you now seventy bucks when you were thirty bucks? I would just personally rather be free. Yeah. I don't know. So no, I, I think I get that's that. Where, like I agree with that and I 
guess I would like to say is I I always charged what I would consider a decent amount of money from the start. Yeah. Like I was never mastering for $5 a track. Yeah. I mean, when I started in audio, I wasn't really mastering. Ten years ago, I was doing more engineering production, and we've talked about it before, but I charged by the hour mm-hmm. and also did some work at a studio where I gave half my rate to the studio to be in it. But, I mean, when I started mastering, I was charging like 50 bucks a song, pretty much. That's cool. So it wasn't like nothing. That's what I was at. Right, yeah. But I also, within that, like I think the market always dictates the value, which I know you'll talk about. Um, But I think when I first started, the product I was giving I knew was good and people said it was good. And so if they wanted to give me $50, then, you know, then you kind of get to a spot where you're like, well, this must be worth $50 if people are paying me that. Whatever people pay you is what you're worth, you know. There's lots of ways to make people feel like you're worth more. And then we do have some maybe tangible measurements within society, within the industry of this is worth more because it returns on your investment X amount of money, which is a whole other discussion. But I want to make it clear I was never like a, a Fiverr master guy, which if you are, that's fine. Too. Like, I don't know. I got a funny story about Fiverr. <laughs> okay. So, when I was first starting out, um, it was like one of my first trips that I was over in China. And I was like, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I'll check it out. And this is about, it was about four years ago, uh, five years ago. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. And I, uh, I, I registered for Fiverr. Like, I just kind of made an account that like I never really did anything with. Well, because of where I was, I was like, like, man, why am I not getting any business? Then I went on it, and it said my location was China. <laughs> so it just, like, geograd my location. It's like, well, no shit, I'm not getting any work in Charleston or anywhere else. It's because it says I'm in China right now. So, <laughs> and then that was probably a divine sign that I probably just shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. And it's like, I could never change it. Nothing could ever work. And then while you were talking, I actually realized a couple situations this formula will not work for. Excellent. Um, the first one, and it's this is definitely a gray area, um, is an hourly-based system. Um, it might be able to work, but I feel like people are moving more towards like an authentic uh, uh, call it like an authentic transaction as opposed to like something that's super vague and hourly can be really vague and so I'll have a handful of people and I don't know why I'm the person that people ask about this but I probably had six or seven people just this year ask me like hey I'm running a studio not even a mastering studio and I want to charge hourly uh, for studio time what would you recommend? And I said, well, I can't really recommend a rate because that's dependent on the value that you offer yeah. and then what your market's willing to pay. What I can tell you is don't be like, yo, here's like an hour or here's two hours. And it's like, typically it's like, what are you going to get done in an hour or two hours? Mm-hmm. It's like the first hour you're there, you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And it's like, it might even be more than that if they're, if you're not paying for an engineer either. So or if there's not an engineer to hire or the guy like is out of town and you're like, yeah, you just want to use it for a recording space or whatever. So it's like the first while you're just trying to figure out what the heck goes where and like trying to do your own engineering or anything. So it's just like, don't even do that. It's like, I tell people, it's like, when in doubt, less is more and more is lazy. So it's like, stop like making all of these systems to your rate. On a mastering level, I think like doing like, okay, well, this is my rate. And then if you want a CD master, you want a vinyl master, you want a uh, mastered for a cassette, you want a DDP, and then you want instrumentals, and you want this. It's like, quit being a fucking scumbag. <laughs> like, I, that is incredibly honest. Quit being a scumbag. Like, literally say, this is what I am worth. This is what, like, the product that I am giving you is worth. And just charge that rate. Mm -hmm. Like, you're really being slimy. So, but in terms of hourly, how that goes back to that, if you're doing studio time, just do, like, a half day. 
or just do a full day. And it's like you might like have like, okay, well, here's like three hours or something if you just need to like track something really quick because like there's no like real solution to everything. Then you might have like little tiny ancillary things, but nine times out of 10, someone's going to probably use up like half a day. It's like at like the bare minimum. Yeah, I don't know. Unless they're tracking like something like really, really small, like an acoustic guitar part that for some reason they can't do it, like not in a studio. (laughs) So. Well, the, the main issue with that that's is... That's what I'd say. Like, if you book someone for two hours in the morning or something, then you can't take on a half-day or a full-day client. So that's why, like, a lot of studios, <clears throat> to me, like, they won't even do by the hour if they're somewhat established because it's a, it's a wash of a day. Yeah, because you're killing the opportunity to have a full day with a full client or like a a client that needs a whole day. So, you know, most most studios I work with don't charge by the hour at all. They basically have a day rate or a half day rate, and the half day rate yeah. is almost as much as the day rate, just to <coughs> deter people from taking up half the day. Because if you have a half day, then you got to fill it with another half day. And that gets tricky. Well, plus, it's like you're going to end up talking to everybody right? and just kind of like vibing out for like the first however long hour, 30 minutes or something like that. So there yeah. burns an hour. Yeah. And it's like you think you're being buddy-buddy, but no, you're on the clock because you're there when you're supposed to be there. And you just decided to spend that first minute talking about – first hour talking about gear. Yeah. Well, there goes some studio time. So – I don't know. There's like a lot of ambiguity, I feel like, where there shouldn't be. And I think this should just be a really straightforward like process. This is a very straightforward financial trans- transaction. Right. And I think you should stop being a scumbag about it. Yes. So <clears throat> the other the other thing that I really don't like uh in terms of rates, um, that this will not work for is there are other podcasts that I've heard talk about this and everything that have kind of like I really have not liked what people have said. Um, I mean, one of them is like the six figure home studio, whatever podcast. I like, and I'll listen to all these other people's podcasts mainly because I want to know if I'm telling people really bad information. <laughs> and I want to make sure that like, if I'm on par with like what other people are saying and it's like, let's actually deliver a solid, like some solid information that people can use. <clears throat> And one thing that they suggested was that you go off of a quote-based system. So while you can go to my website and it says, hey, request a quote, sure, guess what? I'm All I'm doing is I'm gathering information on you so that I can best serve you and so that I can best cater to your project. It's like budget is definitely at like in one of those items, not because I'm trying to like shark some cash out of you, but it's because I'm trying to I'm trying to gauge the situation. I'm trying to be like, okay, are they going to be able to afford my rate or how close are we to meeting my rate? Or okay, yeah, well, cool, you're way over my rate. I had that happen today. Somebody filled out a checklist and it said, "Hey, I need it by uh, and the date was tomorrow. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, just so you know, uh, since this is that, I'm going to charge you this much more because you want it expedited. And it's not really going to have the quality control that I typically guarantee with my normal turnaround. While I can do this that quick, um, there is a bit of a... I call it the pain in the ass factor. <laughs> um, so that has to be taken into account as well. Um, whenever you're like upping a rate for that, uh-huh. <clears throat> but it's like I don't. In general, if you ask for a quote, my rate is 85 bucks. I raised it back on May 1st from 50 bucks a song to 85 bucks a song, and it gets right into our next uh, topic of affirmation in your craft. And it's like if you're affirmed in what you're doing, and people are saying you should charge more, then you should probably charge more. But I mean, back to the quote-based system. Um, some podcasts are advertising for, yeah, you know, if you have a lot of work, then maybe you upcharge on your rate. Or maybe if you don't have a lot of work, or you know, if you have a lot of work, you charge if you charge more because, you know, you're more in demand. And then yep. if you don't have a lot of work, you charge less because you're not in demand. And I'm sitting here like, 
Or you can just not be a freaking scumbag <laughs> and you can just charge an honest rate so that your customer knows exactly what they're going to get every single time. Right. And so they're not going to get the runaround. Yep. That's how you do business. That's not how you like, you don't, you don't play this game like a real estate agent. You play this game like you want to actually like have a decent relationship and make like a relationship and make like a solid record as opposed to just right. screw people out of their money. Well, and I think so that you don't. Sorry, you don't charge people more because they can pay more. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, if you're going to work with high end clients, and that's the type of clientele you now end up working for, then yeah, that typically will look into you increasing your rate for that type of clientele. But that type of clientele is typically working with a major label who has the budget to afford that. And so you should consider, okay, well, I'm with a major label. They're going to require this much more than an indie label or just an indie artist. So there's going to be a way higher pain in the ass factor with a label than with uh, just a regular indie artist. So that pretty much garnishes a wage increase. Exactly. Or that 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 uh essentially says, yeah, you should increase your 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 rate for that. Right. So it's not just because they can pay more, you charge more. Don't be like be an honest person. Don't be like trying to shark people for what they can pay. That's not right. Um so yeah, I do not believe in a quote based system. I don't believe in putting your rate out there. Um, I don't know why. I just would prefer people to ask and I would prefer I, I, I think that I think that having them contact you via a quote is almost part of the close. Um and that they have decided they want to use you re- without even knowing your rate. And so then when you ask for their budget, chances are you are gonna be pretty darn close. And so they've already sold themselves on it as opposed to like like financially looking at stuff. Like mentally you're selling them before they even see a price. So that's that's kind of how I like to operate and that's why I will operate just hey fill out a quote form. Okay, cool. Now I know a little bit more about you. I can make sure the project's a good fit, the budget's there, or I can be like, hey, just so you know, it's going to be like 125 bucks more. Uh, just want to run that by you just so there's no like, oh, wow, on the invoice or something like that. I don't want like any sticker shock. I just, everything financially upfront, don't hide anything. And it's like when someone asks my rate, I'm like, yeah, it's 85 bucks, and then it covers just about anything you would need in order to have a incredible sounding record that distributes well, sounds good on all platforms and in all honesty, anything else you need. So, um, unless you come back to me maybe like a year later and you're like, Hey, we want to do vinyl out of this. Mm -hmm. Eh, I'll probably charge you because that's going to be like an extra process a year after the fact. So it doesn't like incorporate like everything because to a degree that would then be you being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. There's like a little bit of a gray area there, and I would say use your best judgment. Right. But yeah, so I don't believe that this rate formula really works in those areas. Right. But yeah, you must be like affirmed in what you do. So I had a handful of people who would, who had said, yeah, I'd pay way more than this. Or like I was actually really surprised when I saw his rate was this because his work sounds like it's not that low of a rate. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, then that is your market. That is affirmation in what you're doing. And so, and this isn't me boofing, like boofing, (laughs) beefing myself up. Boofing. This is just, yeah, boofing. (laughs) This is just like me telling you how this worked. And that is something you need. You need affirmation in what you were doing, that what you were doing doesn't sound like donk. So, yeah. Um, you also need to be like already established, in my opinion, and charging a rate in order to be like, okay, well, maybe I should think about raising my rates. So if your rate is zero, then it's not, I'm going to raise my rate. <laughs> going from zero to a rate is just establishing a rate. So establishing a rate is just really whatever you think you are worth. 
and then you, you might be able to take some parts out of this formula, but it's really at that point like what your market is willing to pay. And if you're from zero to something, I mean, I mean, 50 for me was just a safe bet. I think 35 is a bit like anorexic in terms of like a rate structure. And if you're trying to do anything like buy gear or anything of substance, I don't really think you should go much below 50. Um, yeah. And we'll get into like, I can also get into like how I went about raising my rates and I think how it uh, didn't really make anyone mad because I think that's the next part is how do you not make somebody mad when you raise your rates? Yeah. So do you have anything to add at all, Sam? Or Yeah, I mean, I I guess I would just agree and say the whole quote thing to me, I also do the quote thing, but I have a rate. And to me, the number one thing that people ask me is like, or that comes up, almost everyone I talk to, there's never enough money. Like, they're always slow. There's very few people that are busy and making money off music, actual music. And, well, there's actually a lot of people, but overall, there's not a lot. And I think part of that has come from the saturation of people giving advice that really haven't had any longevity in the music industry and they're not making records still or maybe they had a year or two that were profitable and when you're on a fluctuating scale of you know fill out a form and what you pay or what you put on you know as your budget say it's $75 and you charge 100 when you start fluctuating you just start putting your value like you're you're putting your value in stone for people and the clients you want as soon as you start compromising on that rate amount you're basically devaluing yourself your product and you're shooting yourself in the foot because it's really hard to grow to that next level once you've established yourself cheaper than you actually want to charge or make and for me, I've had a pretty hard and fast rule about either we do the project for like full rate or we do the project for free. And that is something that I've kind of inherited from one of the guys I kind of mentored in town from is when you when I do a project for free, there is no expectation or me feeling undervalued because it's essentially me just giving, being generous and doing a gift thing. Yeah. To where no one owes me anything. I'm not being undervalued and I am an adult and me saying I will do it for free means I take on the responsibility of what that means. And there's no complaining. Mm -hmm. There's no anything like that. It's just a, you know what? I'm going to do it for free. And I do that with people when I feel like they need it or when I really love the project and they don't have the money. And that doesn't mean like anybody who has less than what I charge, I'm just like, oh, I'll just do it for free. Like I'll always tell people my rate, my process, what it includes. Like a to me, like a business should, which is what I think you're talking about, Matt, is like to me not being a scumbag is having clear defined terms of here's what I charge. Here's what you get. Here's long, how's, how long it takes. And do you want that or not? Like, yes or no. And if they say yes, then great. And if they say no, what about this, this, and this? Then I have to evaluate and say, is this a client that is good for my business? Like, is my product for them or not? And I'll either say yes or no. Mm -hmm. And there is some gray area within all this, like you're talking about, where... You know, to me, one of the one of the joys I've realized about being self-employed now for doing music for ten years and really being full time for almost seven is that you have the freedom to do whatever the heck you want. <laughs> like sometimes I will I will break my own rule. You know, it's like I have a rate, and then sometimes I do free work, and somebody might be like, "Well, that doesn't make any sense," and my answer is like, "Well." doesn't have to. <laughs> like, 
it works for me and it and it allows me to have a clear conscience and work um you know in the best way I can at full capacity by either charging the full rate or not charging at all and my long-term goal which is I mean I've shared with you Matt and some other people like I want to eventually just not charge anything and that is kind of counterproductive to business, but I would like to grow my business to the studio I'm opening and have such abundance that I can basically just invest into artists for free and allow them then to take that money and pay other people who need the money. And that is a whole other approach um, and something that people may scoff at or think that's stupid or whatever. But rates really like... For me, charging the rate I do now allows me to basically stimulate the music economy and help people out and do albums for free. And sometimes, like, some people just have more money than others, and that's kind of the industry we're in. And labels, to me, like, they have more money sometimes, but a lot of my indie artists, like, have a lot more budget who are established indie artists, then label work. Um, and I charge them the same rate as I do labels, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I kind of, like, have become... And this has been a 10-year journey. Like, the label work, I know what I'm getting into now at this stage, which is always usually more tedious than anything else um, that I do. And you just kind of figure out that you know what you're getting into, but the label work allows you to leverage that to get more indie work or even more label work. But at this stage, I mean, I enjoy label work and a lot of the bands I work with are great, but there's just so many good indie artists out there. And indie artists like to see label work because they think it makes you more credible. It's brand recognition, um, which is helpful, but... I guess I would just agree, like, when I see people fluctuating on their rate, or if someone has more money than I charge, I tell them that. Like, you can go up and down my clients. There's a lot of clients, label clients, that are used to paying a sterling price of $350, $375 a song. And, you know, when people ask me my rate now, like, I quote them $250 a song, which includes... Instrumental, TV mix, ISRC codes, DDP for physical release, any revisions if needed. Um, and that's basically it. And a lot of people be like, oh, we're used to paying 350 And I just say, great, well, like, take your wife out to dinner or something. I don't care. Like, yeah. it's just, there is something about running an honest business and the longevity of running an, running an honest business and being truthful with your clients that... To me, over 10 years, I've seen the value. And sometimes even those clients, when I tell them what my rate is and say it's less than what they usually pay, half of them still pay the f- more just because they're like, well, this is what we pay. Like I literally have that happen a few times a year where someone will be like, well, this is what we budgeted, so you can just have it. And it's Damn. and at that stage, you're just like, well, cool. <laughs> like. I mean, that happens, and I think that happens when you have, you know, established yourself, and I've been fortunate enough to do this for a while now, and none of it was luck, none of it was chance, none of it was handed to me. Um, It took a mess of people to help me. I did not do this on my own, but it was not, you know, I didn't inherit a client list or a studio client list. And you just have to be truthful. And a lot of the advice that's being given about rates and how to charge it is just people trying to basically tell you how to scramble every month and feel like you're always going to be paycheck to paycheck. And the advice they're giving isn't good advice for a long-term business that wants to grow and be sustainable. And I fully like disagree with the concept, and I think you do too, Matt, based on what you said, of like, if you're busy, charge more. If you're not busy, charge less. Yeah, Uh, I was pretty straightforward with that. (laughs) That I don't agree with either because you're just fluctuating and like, you're fooling yourself and most likely if you, 
if you're not busy, it's not because of your rate. Like, that's one thing I can testify to is like, me being not busy had nothing to do with what I charged. It had to do with, I had just started my business year one, two, three, four, five years. The first five years. If you're listening to this and you haven't been doing your thing for five years and you're not, like you feel like you're slow, you have nothing to say. Like, (laughs) if you've been doing this for five years, at least five years, and like you think you're slow, that's very normal. There's nothing wrong with that. You're just starting your business. And that's where I think a lot of these, a lot of people in the music industry and in any industry, it's even people who are in the corporate world, like I think it's an age group thing a bit. But like I have lots of friends in in the corporate world, nine to five world, where they think they should be president of the company within five years. And it's like, you just got there. Like you're not gonna be a manager for 20 years. So either accept that or you figure out how to, you know, level up or something quicker. But I've just found like having that sliding scale of, oh, I'll charge less to be more busy. And then when I'm busy, then I'll start charging more. You've missed the whole point and the joy of work and branding and figuring out who you're for and who you're not. And you're just serving, you're not even serving clients well. You're just serving people. I don't know. I don't want to say mediocre. It's not groceries. even self-serving, which is the weird <laughs> right. thing. It's just, you're not even you're not even helping yourself. Yeah, it's just like a scarcity mindset. That to me is what it is. It's well, I'll just charge less so I can scramble and pay my bills, and then when I have enough, then I'll charge more to kind of like stockpile for when then I'm slow. And the mindset to me is should be this long-term, fifty-year view of like. It is fully possible to get paid a fair rate and it never stops. Like, I can testify that I don't have slow times anymore. Like, I don't. And four years ago, I had slow times. And, like, five years ago, I had slow times. Six years ago, seven. Like, years one through five through six, there were slow times. And there are definitely times where you're like, oh, will it ever get better? Will I ever just be busy? And the answer is yes. If you're willing to be patient and willing to establish a rate based on what you offer and figuring out what you do, who it's for, and how you can best serve the client you know, through that and solve a problem for someone, then you will be busy and you will have more work than you know what to do with. And that is, I'm saying that as someone who has lots of work and I make more than I need to. And I say that to encourage people like the number, the amount of money you make isn't really important either at the end of the day. I'm always concerned with people when I help people out or we go through business like what what are you taking home to? Like actual take-home pay is important, not what you're actually making. Um, But it's, I just try to help people understand like if you stay in this for 10 years, I don't really know anyone in this industry who's actually been pursuing it, you know, like a like a full-time job for 10 years who hasn't actually made it, you know, quote unquote made it how everybody yeah. thinks. You know, everybody's like longing to make it, meaning you just make money enough to quit your full-time job. That's how mm-hmm. and that to me is such a low standard of making it, too. It's like you're just trying to make enough money to quit the job to work to just work like <laughs> 40 hours doing this instead and there you've missed it you miss it you miss everything about the process and the joy of figuring out who you are and what you do and what you offer and who do you connect with and how do you build community and relationship and being self-employed is one of the quickest ways to put a spotlight on all the things that you neglect and also put spotlight on things that you're really great at um because you'll see those things shine, those things where you're like, oh, yeah, I could do this all day long. No problem. Like, those are the things, you know, you learn that you're great at. And then there's things sometimes you have to learn how to become great at that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to end this little monologue, because I want to keep going on your formulas, I agree, you know, I think with everything you were saying. And, and I would encourage people listening, like, establish your rate. Be firm on it, but know that things are contextually based. Don't take advantage of people 
and know that this is going to take a long time. But in the big picture, it actually doesn't take that long. It just feels super long. And I know what it's like to be paycheck to paycheck. I know what it's like to not even be able to pay the paycheck, like (laughs) beyond paycheck to paycheck. Like it's, there were, when I started, like my wife and I, there were plenty of months where, you know, I was working a full time job, she was working, and then I was doing music on top of that. And it was like, how is this ever going to work? But it does if you're faithful to the work and figuring out where you fit in this industry. And I can assure everyone there is an abundance of work. Uh, I truly believe that you just have to figure out what can you actually offer people, you know, that that is of value. And sometimes that just takes years of figuring that out and refining your process and refining your sound and figuring out what do I actually like to do? Do I even like doing this? Like a lot of people jump into this and they just hate their job and they don't even need to be doing music as a job, but they just need to change their actual job. (laughs) Like I've had people do that where they quit their job, do music and they realize they don't even like doing music. So they just get a different job, which was actually, you know, just figuring it out. And that's completely normal. Figuring out what you want to do in life is completely normal. And you'll have lots of changes in your business. And anything we're saying today, too, like, is just Matt and I's experience so far. And a year from now, we could do an episode on rates, and I'm sure we'll have a whole different view of it. Um, well, we can do the marketing episode annually. Exactly. We could do every a new episode way to do annually. it every year. Right. And that's the beauty of all, the, all of this is like a lot of the advice that's given from other podcasts, people talk in such like universal in stone terms of like, this is how you do it. This is the secret to this. And this is a fact. And it's just like, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're not God of everything of the universe and of music industry and business. Like there's a million ways to make money in this industry. And I think that's important in this episode. Like everything that Matt and I may disagree with doesn't mean you can't make money off of it. You, you can make a ton of money off of it, but it's all about the quality and like, what is your goal? Do you want to be a business that like has sustainability long-term or do you want to be a business that's always scrambling and kind of like trying to figure out where do I actually fit? And that's just where I see a lot of people landing is in that I'm never busy or busy enough. And the question is, how long have you been doing it? Oh, not long enough. Okay. And then the other thing is, what do you charge? Well, I just charge whatever people have. And those are like strike one, strike two. (laughs) So it's kind of, you know, when people tell me that the advice I give them is like, you need a reality check of you haven't been doing it very long and you need to establish your worth and have a backbone and figure out who your product's for and who it's not for. So I'm going to wrap you because I want you to keep going, Matt. So that's all I have for that. It's raining so hard here that I thought like <laughs> someone turned like a massive fan on. <laughs> you can probably hear it. Like, I, I heard it picking it. up over my mic. And I was so like, relaxing. Cra- <laughs> I was like, "Holy crap!" So if anyone heard that, that was rain. <laughs> that was that was nuts. I agree with everything you said. I I always think that you deserve a round of applause for your diplomacy and how much better <laughs> it is than anything I say, oh, and way way more diplomatic than anything that comes out of my oh. mouth. I'm just <clears throat> I'm just a very very brutally honest person <laughs> and if I think you're a slime ball then it's just that's that just how it's gonna be that's just so, how it is and, and, and my my grandfather who passed away back in March always said I, I never want I never want anyone to leave this earth not knowing what I thought of them and I was like well <laughs> well I might hold my tongue on some of that um I mean, it just kind of taught me to be an honest person. I mean, he was, I think, 95 years old. So, um, yeah, so that's just kind of what I do. I'm I'm just brutally honest, and I don't really hold it back. Um, So, yeah, um, I I really like that whole we either do it for the rate or I do it for free because I believe in the project. I really like that. Yeah. Um, I really – I enjoy that notion. Yeah. that's uh, 
it's definitely it's definitely unique and I mean it definitely definitely has its place. And I mean there's stuff that's just so good. It's like, yeah, like let me like let me bump it up to like where you should be and like right. Where it'd be like, yep, yeah, go that way, and you just kind of like push them on their way. It's like this is the direction you need to go. I know you can't afford it, right? Carmen will come back around to me or or something. Oh, it, like it that. always and does. Maybe and not even expecting that. Just, right. I don't expect anything to ever come back. And there's products I've done yeah. for free where they will go to someone else next time, just because people can do that. Like you're free to do whatever you want. It's a free world, man. But that's you know, there's nothing. There's nothing more. Like rewarding than actually taking on a project that you like and believe in. Yeah. And then if they don't have enough money and you say it's free, like almost everybody I've done that to basically tells me they're crying. <laughs> like you just like have made their life. Yeah. And you know, once again, you don't do it for that. Like I'm doing it selfishly in that I want to do the project, you yeah. know, and like put my name on it <clears throat> on some level. But I've just found that to be really nice. A nice thing to do. Like it's really helped me discern for the most part, like I'm always happy then when I'm working. And when I used to cut like huge deals on things just to work, I was always just kind of bitter with a bitter undertone. And there's probably other people who are um, I don't know, better than me who maybe can cut deals and still love what they're doing. But at the end of the day, I always just felt like, oh man, here I am, like given a 50% off just because because I did like and I and don't you really think, didn't even need to do that yeah yeah and I think <clears throat> you know and it's that's probably the most frustrating part of it yeah and it's just for me I'm not I am self-aware now that I'm the type of person that basically needs to do it for the full rate or do it for free and that's the way I function as a, a healthy happy whole mastering engineer so yeah, I mean, it's a cool way of looking at it. But that's just how I get um, it. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm coughing so much today. Sorry if that's annoying. Um, anywho, real quick, not that my the way I did it was any good, but <laughs> I just want to tell you how I raised my rates without pissing people off. I think it's good. Um, on April 1st or... or on April 1st or April 15th, I said... <laughs> tax day. I said, hey, everyone. Like, literally just sent an email to everyone. As of May 1st, and I'm not reading this email, just off the top of my head, so I'm probably butchering it. <laughs> um, as of May 1st, my rate will be going up um, from $50 a track to $85 a track. Um, if you already have a session booked with me for past May 1st, you will be grandfathered into this. And then this is the part on how I didn't piss everyone else off. If you book a session right now with me for any time uh, in 2018, pick a day, pick a month. It's like I don't even care how accurate you are with it. If you book the record, I will grandfather that project in. Mm -hmm. Um, But it must be booked before May 1st. And I had a ton of stuff get booked, and I had a ton of stuff... um, get grandfathered in and it was great. I mean, you'd literally just get bookings that you can just constantly follow up with people on a bit like, Hey man, how's this record going? And it's like, okay, I know I have something coming up in September that was booked back then. It's like, I'm going to start following up last month and just being like, Hey man, just wanted to check in on this and see if like y'all are still on track. And then, okay, cool. Would you mind if I check in in a month? Sure thing. Cool. And they love when you do that. So you just check back up. Um, no one got pissed. Everyone really liked it. <laughs> and it was kind of, it was. I will say that May was definitely a weird time. Um, <clears throat> May was definitely a weird time to raise my rate uh, because you have a ton of people like getting out of school, going on vacation. Um, so you are immediately going to go into this lull, perhaps, in work. If you're slow during the summer, it probably is not a good time to roll this out. Um, I don't know why I did it. I think I was just tired. Like Every time I'd see an invoice for 50 bucks, I was just so mad. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, 85, yeah, sure, that's, that's cool. Um, so I just, I just picked May 1st, okay, I'm going to roll this out, bite the bolt, I'm going to do it, and then 
it was like a lot of crickets for a while. And I had like, I had work come in, but like there were a couple people who I stopped getting work from. And I mean, it just kind of is what it is. And I'm sure that I'll just get like larger projects from them that could afford that budget. And I mean, it's not even in all honesty, that expensive of a rate. Um, but, uh, I think I said in another episode that it was like a 50 something percent, 58% raise. I think, I think it's actually like 70 something. I don't know. My wife corrected my math. (laughs) Um, anywho. So, I feel like I needed to say how I raised my rates. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last part of all of this is the most important part, and it's what you will multiply the rest of this formula by. And that is the question, what is your market willing to pay? What is your target audience, your clientele, everybody, what are they willing to pay? And this isn't saying that you can't grandfather people. Like I have a couple studios that I do work with who they send me three, four records, if not more, a month, whether it's an EP. And I'm not like singles. I'm talking like actual records. Like they'll send me three or four records a month. And so it's like, okay, well, and I told him, I was like, hey, I'll grandfather you until um, the end of the end of the year. So January one, this will take effect for you. So just like me saying thank you to you. And I mean, they, they, they love it. It's, I mean, it's a cool little, cool little bond that you keep going. And it's like you invest in people. And it's like, if you like what the work that people are doing, it's like invest in that. And so sometimes that's taken a little bit of a hit on your rate. Um, but I mean, you want to, you just want to, want to cultivate that. And you want to say, Hey, thanks for trusting me with your stuff. Like this is like a really awesome thing we have going on. So yeah, you, you there's a little bit of a uh, an ebb and a flow in that as well. <clears throat> so the moment that everyone has been waiting for <laughs> for the past, I don't know, I think we probably started recording this. My timer says 57 minutes. What does your timer <laughs> say, Sam? Uh, I am on bars and beats, so I can't even tell you. Bars and beats. But by the way, bars and beats sounds like my next mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> bars and beats. So, I'm on bars. I'm on and beats. 57 minutes, but I started recording like about five minutes. So I don't know. We might be like 52. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're getting close. Anyway, can you tell I'm trying to drag this out a little bit? Let's anticipate <laughs> this, like drag out this anticipation. Um, so the moment that you have been waiting for, and a cut from our sponsor. We don't have a sponsor. <laughs> Never. Um, so here is <clears throat> here's the long-awaited formula. It is TE plus VA, and that is multiplied by M, and you get R. So TE. T is time invested in the field. Um, You need to take the time that you have actually been doing work, and uh, if you've been studying or doing school or something, I would say the time that you have been active in the field, and I would not include that in school because school doesn't necessarily count for experience. And I mean, you can take the 2009 to 2014 job market, and it's like you essentially, and coming out of a recession, you had every employer saying, "I want a virgin with four years of sexual experience." It's like that's, <laughs> it's like that's not that's not the case. It's like your schooling doesn't really count in that. So the actual time that you are doing the work, so. That is T. That is very, very important. Uh, Experience. This is a different metric because it's like the actual work that you are doing on the actual material. So if you've been in it for five years, but you've only been you've only done four projects, then it's probably not it. This isn't actually like a formula. This is just a mental calculation. Uh, There's a lot of gray area in it and a lot of revision, I'm sure. So. You take the time, essentially, that you are investing in this craft, and then the experience of working on the actual material. So, like, the projects, how many projects are you, and songs and everything, are you putting under your belt and whatnot every month or year or week? Like, how's that going? And then that essentially I have in my formula is added to something called VA. VA means the value added to clients' work through affirmation and referrals. So 
I was hearing, and the reason I raised my rates is because you had people saying, man, I was actually really surprised. Like, this is really good sounding for how inexpensive it is. Well, that is another way of saying I would be willing to pay more for what they are offering. Um, And then other people literally saying we would be willing to pay more. And so that's very good. And then that comes into M. So TE plus VA and all, and that's like in parentheses. And then all that is multiplied by M. M is what the market is willing to pay. So you have the time invested into the field multiplied by the experience of actually working on material. And then you that is added to the value added to clients' work through affirmation and referrals. So like, are you getting a lot of referrals? Are you having people like... Are you having people refer? A big one is, are you having return clientele? And then all of that together is multiplied by what the market is willing to pay. And if you are at zero and your current market is broke and cheap and not willing to pay anything, and that M value is zero, then guess what? (laughs) <laughs> the whole rate is zero. There you go. You can charge as much as you want, but you're not going to get it. Um, <clears throat> so this is the actual part where math does play. If someone says, man, I'd be willing, he's at 50 bucks a song, I'd be willing to pay, or say 25 bucks a song, I'd be willing to pay twice as much as what he's charging. Well, you actually have a figure there, and you know your current rate And then your market is saying, I'd be willing to pay twice as much. Well, multiply your current rate by two, and you got 50 bucks. So that's what your market is willing to pay. And then R, obviously, means rate. So TE plus VA multiplied by M equals R. That is your formula on how to raise your rates. I love it. So once again, your time invested in the field multiplied by the experience of working on actual material because experience is a multiple of time added to the value that you add to clients' work through affirmations, referrals, and then return clientele multiplied by what your market is willing to pay for you. That is the rate that you charge. So for me, why did I land on 85 bucks? I thought that... um, I was like, well, what if I just double it? What if I just go to 100? And this is when you find some people in your network of uh, clients, people who you really trust, and you say, hey, you want to grab a beer? You go grab a beer, and you say, so keep this between you and me, but I've been kind of milling around raising my rates. Or start talking about finances. And like a lot of people don't like talking about it. Say, hey, what do you charge for X, Y, or Z. And then after a while of milling that around, you say, I've been thinking about raising my rates. What do you think about that? And then how do you think that would impact our business and your clientele and whatnot? And just see how receptive they are. And maybe ask one person or two people that like genuinely send you a ton of stuff. And then, I mean, that's a good way to gauge what the market's willing to pay. And through that, I realized that like a hundred is a bit steep. That's where I would like to be. But what I'm doing is eighty-five is when is for like your regular everyday thing, and then a hundred bucks is like if you need it like super rushed. Then it's like okay, well, there's like a pain in the ass factor. There's a bit of an inconvenience here. Um, it's like I'm going to need to be compensated for like pushing other projects out of the way, pushing your project up. And then, like, we're going to need to be, like, on par with our email communication back and forth to make sure we meet this deadline. So it's like there, there's, like, a little bit of an extra work that is having to happen there. So that's really, that's really the rate. And that's kind of how you, like, figure out, like, what your market is willing to pay. And even if you're undervaluing yourself, and that's a hard one to figure out, um, you really have to keep your ear to the ground and um, just kind of listen to the pulse of what, your clients and everything are saying. So that could be a hard one to figure out, but I mean, it could take a couple months to figure out, 
but you're smart. You'll figure it out. So what say you, Sam? I love it. I'm ready to wrap with that. Yeah, I got my eye on the clock. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Anywho, according to Sam in like episode four or five, you should raise your rates. Always and be raising so far, your rates. Yeah. And <laughs> it has so far from two people who have done it really like within the past year, uh, it has not gone poorly yet. So uh, yeah, test this out. Let us know what you think. And if we're wrong or need to add something to it, I'd prefer not to make the formula go any crazier, but, and I'll make sure to post it everywhere and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, thanks for being you. Thanks for tuning in. I mean, today we hit 70,000 downloads, so that's really awesome. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, Sam's ready to wrap. So whatever you're having, have a darn good one. Cue the music. Cueing. And, uh, well, uh, we'll get out of your hair for today. <laughs> Bye. Out See you next hair. time. <laughs> out of your hair. Out of your hair. <laughs> See ya. Bye.